0: those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at hyundaiusa.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details.
1: eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own.
0: Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your recap episode for this week's United States Open <laughs> champion. A champion has been crowned. Joining me to break it all down, Greg Ducharme is here. Greg, hello. H-
2: hello, boys. Hello, boys. What a week. What a week. week. Sure. It, it, just incredible stuff. It was really exciting coming down the stretch. It turned out to be just a, another great championship. It was. It was really fun to watch.
0: Uh, Kyle Porter is here. KP, good evening to you.
3: Yeah, there's some helicopters uh, okay. directly overhead. I think they're gonna, they're gonna, they're hunting me down for the the damage that I did to some of the tents after Rory lost. Just just went haywire up there at the at the 18th green.
0: Yeah, I've seen it. I've seen Kyle's face on uh, on television as a wanted man. His mugshots already already <laughs> out there. Um, We don't have much time with Kyle. He's got some editorial stuff to get to. So let's just jump right into this on a Sunday of stars and superstars and storylines. It was a spoiler who ends up winning this championship, and he goes by the name of Wyndham Clark. He did just enough to get it done. At the end of the day, 10 under par, wins it all.
3: Yeah, a couple things. Uh one, three things actually. Uh one, he hit some extraordinary golf shots. I mean the shot he hit in the fourteen was an absolute joke. What what did he what did he, I don't I don't know what he had. What did he have in the fourteen, Greg?
0: I thought it said two seventy-nine.
3: Uh, and he I hits have it 20. right here. Two eighty-two. Two eighty-two. It's it's eight eighteen feet on that green. Come on. Like that's that's stupid. The up and down he had on 11, um, he got he wobbled late, right, like the last four holes. But I just I was so impressed. He kind of he, kind of seemed like he wanted the ball. You know, and, and a lot of guys, they get into that situation Sunday at a major championship, and it's just we saw it with Ricky today. It's just different. It just feels like the way it feels in your hands is different than Thursday through Saturday. And yeah, he, he faded a little bit. He bogeyed what, 15, 16, but he still hit some unbelievable shots to win the U S open. And I think, you know, I think sometimes like he, he's a little bit getting talked about, like he's Jimmy Walker, right. He's still kind of a young, really good American player. He's not 23, but he's also not like 38 and like this career journey, he's going to be a writer cupper. He's, Wooden Park is a very, very good player, and I feel like he's not really being talked about as if he is. If that makes sense.
0: Uh, well, if you listen to the first Cut podcast, Greg, we spend a lot of oxygen on our, our <laughs> uh, I just, uh, I, it,
3: I mean, i mean broadly, like as a as a as a U.S. Open player.
0: Of course, of course, as a as a mainstream golf uh, golf guy, but the advanced metrics. Uh, have been staggering this year his Sunday uh, he got off to a hot start Greg he made three birdies through the first six and then as I kind of alluded to he he had he hung on right I mean there was a moment I think we were walking off um, so he hit that shot into 14 and Rory had just made bogey right on 14 the ball was embedded just made bogey Wyndham hits it to 20 feet and I just turned to Kyle and KVV and I was like it's over right like we're I think we're done here and it got a lot closer than that but we were we were done
2: yeah it it gave him the separation to allow that little you know Rory in his press conference called it a wobble Uh, it allowed him to wobble a little bit now 17 and 18 are no slouch either but you know that was what happened on 15 and 16 uh, could very easily have happened on 7 and 8 as well um you think or was it seven? No, nine. I'm sorry, eight and nine. Excuse me. The up and the situation on eight could have been an absolute disaster. Uh it, you know, he whiffed. It was another whiff that we saw leaving it to not just Rory. I mean, he's in a bush where the grass is like up as tall as he is. You know, and he could see the ball if he stands behind it. The lie isn't bad. I mean, Nota said it's kind of manageable. But he, that he hit, hit the club right underneath it, and that's a shock to the system, and and that can be a disaster. And he ends up missing the green with his next shot, and then gets it up and down, and then on nine gets in a tricky situation and
3: it gets up and from no man's land.
2: up and down from no man's land on eleven. I mean, these are really clutch up and downs, and if they go a different direction. This gets ugly pretty quick, uh, and and that short game really saved him. For a guy that this year has been a phenomenal T. D. Green player, the, the short game saved him, and and that's why it takes such a complete game to the U. S. Open. You have to have the ability to pick up for mistakes that are inevitably going to happen, and and he did better than anybody else this week.
0: He certainly did. Let's add one more voice to the conversation. We've got him. Patrick McDonald is here. Patrick, does Wyndham Clark uh, pass the eye test?
4: Oh yeah, bigly, <laughs> bigly. I mean, we've had a fun, fun story about Wyndham Clark. My sister out in Scottsdale actually went on a first date with him once. Uh, so wow. potentially, potentially the biggest bag fumble in history. <laughs>
0: yeah, be your, be your brother-in-law.
4: I know. $8 million in the past month. God bless him. I I text her every day. I'm like, this could have been you. This could have been you. Um, But going back to Greg's point about number eight, even Clark himself said that was really the moment for him. Uh, And then he compounded that with the shot on 14, obviously. But it really reminded me of 12 in the third round because he whiffed that chip shot long of the green as well. And like you said, Greg, you get a shock to your system. You have all the fans around you. The, ooh. And the mental work he has done with uh, his coach is just unbelievable to kind of take it all in, reset, hit the correct shot, and to only say – or only to drop one shot there on the easiest hole uh, was was really the moment and kind of set off the chain of just ridiculous short game shots uh, from nine coming in.
3: He's
0: so – I mean, yeah, he, he is, and he's he's always had some really good skill sets, and whatever he has figured out on approach this year has unlocked something very, very special. KP, we kind of alluded to this a little bit last night, but now the growing resume for Wyndham Clark is a victory at Quail Hollow, a victory at LACC, uh, playing better. Wasn't he in the mix at the Memorial? Like, playing better at, at these very difficult courses that we – Think very highly of is how do we assess a couple of years of a sample size of Wyndham Clark that was like okay and now his 2023 which if it was a 2023 by itself we'd be foaming at the mouth right now
3: yeah well I I think it's I think it's hard for us to assess because we have these templates for different players right and what we think of is either one, the young American kind of future superstar. And that's the Spieth, the Morikawa, even the Fowler at one point, even like a Gordon Sargent who was the number one amber in the world. He finished as low AM at this US Open. There's a there's a clear trajectory to, to most of these guys. And then the other sort of template that we have is like your... Chesson Hadley or your Brian Harmon. Those guys are Brian Harmon's a lot Ladies better than and Hadley. They're just these kind of grinders, journeymen That probably you're not going to win majors, right? Um, sorry, we got a lot going on. But cancel
0: the show. They just delivered pizzas to the media center. I think uh, I think we have to pause the show for an hour for dinner break and come back.
3: <laughs> so so that so that's the second template, and I think the third is. These guys, like a Jimmy Walker who kind of make the leap at the end of their career, Phil did this in a different way, like with major championships, right, where he had prolonged um, failure at majors and then succeeded in a big way at the end of his career. So those, to me, are the three templates. And Wyndham Carr doesn't fit in any of them, right? He, he's kind of outside all three of them. And there's a little Sam Burns in there. Burns is younger and, and better. But I think it's very difficult to categorize somebody who – is kind of becoming a star at age 30 um and i don't i don't think he's going to be the number 1 player in the world i don't think he's a top 5 type guy but i think he could be a top 20 guy the problem is there's like 60 guys that i think could be top 20 guys and i don't know how it's it's going to be very difficult to kind of sustain that over a long period of time
0: Quickly, uh Kyle's right, but get solo on Kyle. Can you see the mad dash of people trying to get to pizza? <laughs> a free meal, a free meal, and everyone running over there. I, it is like an earthquake in here with everybody with everybody moving. Um. All right, we'll put. I, I wonder it, it looks very good.
3: Wait, I will.
0: No. I will
4: say the the fourth okay. category. I think if you could create one, which Clark could, pop, like is in. I think is kind of the the late mature guy like a homa like a female, uh, kind of yeah, around their 30s I like
3: that they
4: figure it out uh, and th- they kind of just kick off kickstart their career a little bit later than the superstars out of college
3: well, Patrick do you the, think that category do you think that category is defined by their physical or mental acuity like which one do you feel like is is, is better because Josh just asked this question in the chat he said is there another example of a guy who just figures out a skill set there actually is. It's Sam Burns, right? And we talked about this the other day. Of um, You know, like Sam Burns, great driver, great putter, figured out his iron play. Wyndham Park, kind of the exact same thing. Great driver, always a good putter, figured out his iron play, and now he's a major champion. So do you think it's more physical or mental with guys that are around 30?
4: Uh, I honestly think it's mental. And I, I think the mental coach that he's employed, he talks so highly about. And even after that Wells Fargo win, uh, I believe they're saying everyone around him was like, dude, you are the guy. Like you have everything. You're just getting in your own way. And at that point, you can go one or two ways. You can become like a Chesson Hadley or someone, you know, they're great golfers. They're on the PGA Tour for a long time, but they're not going to be memorable at the end of the day. Or you can make this huge leap in your career and be like, you know what? I am that freaking guy. Like, and he he said today in his press conference after that uh his mental coach told him, every time you hear fans chanting Ricky, take a pause, soak it in, and be like, let them know what uh what your name is and he goes, and, and I felt like I did that all back nine
0: that's that's sick yeah we we need to dive into the mental stuff a little bit more I mean Greg last last thing on this, we'll get to Rory before we get k p out of here, and then we can circle back but um. We talked about a lot. Like the first time that Wyndham popped up on my radar was Phoenix, where it was he was in the mix throughout, and he was playing with like Rom and Scheffler, and he just same thing, same thing that Patrick's describing. Just never blinked, went about his business, answered every question that was asked of him, and I was like, this dude's like kind of a killer.
2: He'd shown that, but he wasn't for a while. You know, and even in this part of the year, there were some moments where Sunday kind of, uh, um, you know, evaded him. and He kind of fell off the map, and that's almost what you expected out of Wyndham Clark. Uh, But he suddenly was putting himself in position, and all of a sudden he gets a, a little bit of experience with Sundays that mean something. And then he cracks the code at Wells Fargo, and now... You know, I, I mean, Memorial, he, he, it ended up being a tied 12th. He shot 76 on Sunday. I mean, he said in his press conference he thought he should have won that event too. Uh, but it, he comes back to the U.S. Open and and gets it done. So there's definitely something in the mental. Uh, and it's a, it's a lot of it. And I think that shows in the stats as well. You look at what happens with the physical abilities. Uh, that comes from your ability to step up and hit the shots under the – uh, under the pressure, right? When, when you have to, and it, it's such an important thing, but a lot of guys fade off where, wherever those high pressure moments happen during tournaments. Sometimes it's Thursday. Sometimes it's Friday around a cut. Sometimes it's Saturday. The first time you're in the final group. Sometimes it's on the 14th hole on Sunday, it comes to a boiling point and he got to a place where he could survive long enough to get in the mix. And, and now he's figured out how to finish off the, the job.
0: Yeah, it's awesome. Wyndham Clark, 2023 United States Open champion. Well, well-deserved around this place. However, K.P., a lot of the oxygen will be spent on the guy who finished solo second one-shot back. That's Rory McIlroy, who birdied his uh, first hole of the day beautifully, just as we were expecting, out of the gate and did not make a single birdie. The rest of the way, uh, we were talking while we were out there, it felt very reminiscent of the final round at St. Andrews where you hit a bunch of greens, you make zero putts, and you watch as the leaderboard kind of moves around you.
3: Yeah, I think there was a part of it that felt similar to St. Andrews, for sure. But... The difference for me for, with today was at St. Andrews. He he kind of like the putting got all the attention. He kind of low key didn't hit it that great on that Sunday. I mean, he hit it okay. He hit it fine, but it was not it was not tremendous ball striking and giving himself ten footer after ten footer after ten footer. And I gotta say, Rick, like I thought he hit the hell out of it today. Like I thought he hit it so good. I mean, he he had the pull on seventeen, which was not great. The, the wedge on 14 probably lost the tournament, which he talked about afterward. But it, there was there's a difference in the way he hit the golf ball today. And the scoring ended up sort of similar. Like, he just he couldn't score. But there's such a difference <laughs> with, the, with the Sunday at a U.S. Open versus a St. Andrews where it's like, hey, 65's out there. 65 is always out there, right, at that place. The 65 was – I, I guess it was out here today, but it wasn't something that the kind of the guys that teed off late in the day were going and getting. So I just thought he hit it a lot better uh, than he did at, at St. Andrews. And he was in a position. If he just takes care of 14, that he didn't really need to make any putts, right? Like he didn't at, at St. Andrews, he had to make some putts, and here he didn't. If he just makes par on 14 and he got given a gift and he still couldn't do it. And, it's just these the margins. He talked about why he hit the bad wedge on fourteen. He said, "I needed to wait for the I needed to wait fifteen seconds for the wind to lay down." And you're like, "We're determining major champions on fifteen seconds of wind? Like that's uh, Patrick and Greg." At one point, Rick turned to me and said, "These guys must all be in therapy because this is this is just this is outrageous." <laughs> like I, I don't I don't know anybody accept any of these outcomes.
4: I, I did. Uh, I, I saw you guys on number one. On the green when Rory was putting for eagle, and I saw Rick like it, it burned the edge, and Rick in the background was like, <laughs> like quickly turned <laughs> his head, It <and> was like, <laughs> you could you could just tell he was like, how the hell did that not go
0: in? I I, I was not like do anything like that, but I, I mean, we were in it. I mean, it was like it was it was when when they went off the first tee, like it it was popping, and he goes pipes a driver down the middle. It's it exactly where he needs to. And I'm like, if he just rolls this eagle putt in, and it looks good the entire way, I'm stunned it didn't go.
3: I mean, think about all of the – like, all – well, Thursday, right? So, here's a crazy stat. Uh, Wyndham and Rory shot the exact same score on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Where do you think Rory could have picked up a stroke on him on Thursday?
0: The one he whiffed on his last all of the day? That's crazy. How crazy so this is what i'm saying they they all need to be speaking to someone because it's not healthy <laughs>
3: the way that windham apparently are. is they, yeah, yeah they do really so do. is rory, rory right? that's, true. that's true rory's We're
2: speaking like, to bob or and it's rory, uh it's julie ellion for Wyndham clark
0: how does anyone win any of these like it's so incredibly difficult i don't know how it works um greg yeah so rory was talking afterwards he said the two shots he won he wants back was the the wedge on 14 and the putt on eight uh, those are the two he wants back. The the wedge Kyle alluded to, he thought, I think he said, um, full lob wedge or full sand wedge, and then he went to a three-quarter gap wedge and it plugged into the the gr- grass there by the bunker, and then he just kind of missed the putt on eight that he thought he should have made. That's it. That, Those were like the two shots he wanted back. That's it. Everything yeah. else was, it was pretty good.
2: Look, it was um, – he had 124 in there. Uh, you got to put that on the green. But at the same time – he was so near perfect, tee to green all day. I can uh, allow for and certainly understand uh, a mistake with a with a swing. I can understand a, one, one mistake with the swing, but you think to eight is eight's the obvious one. Um, you know, doesn't take advantage of six. Didn't hit a great chip shot there, uh, and, and he had multiple putts from inside of 15 feet that could have gone in. I mean, at least three on the front nine, right? Three was a, a really good look. Nine was a really good look. I guess 10 was the third. Um, and and we said it last night. I mean, Rory needs to make two 10 to 15 foot putts to win. And yeah, I mean, he, he could have hit the green on 14, but if he made two 10 to 15 foot putts, he, he wins. So he did just about everything he needed to do. Just about. And for some reason, there is an absolute lid. Um, I mean, l- listen to this. He he made 44 feet of putts on Saturday and 41 feet of putts on Sunday. 41 feet
0: over 18 holes. 18 holes. That is like two feet and three inches a hole.
2: It, it, the longest he made all day was four feet, five inches right and you you have at some point to win a major championship you have to do something that's major championship worthy right? you got to make something you got to make a putt chip in stuff it close somewhere you got to do something that's above and beyond and that's just in, in this major and at St Andrews it didn't happen and it doesn't take a lot it just it's the one moment we're missing
0: one moment we're missing. Um, KP, I got to get you out of here to go write your article uh, for CBSSports.com, but I'm happy to kind of cede the stage to you here. If there's anything additional, I'm sure we'll, you know, continue this conversation into into next week and beyond. But while we're, while we're here, if there's anything else, I'm happy to uh, happy to open it up to you.
1: Yeah, it was a, I
3: don't know if it was a, an amazing U.S. Open. It was a very chaotic and dramatic ending, which was – I mean – it was it was pretty awesome on the course at, for the last like hour and a half, and I thought I thought Wyndham's reaction was 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 really cool. I, I I loved seeing that. I'm excited to see him at the Ryder Cup. You know, I thought Rory was very good afterwards. He talked about how like I'd go through a hundred more Sundays like that, and uh, if it means I eventually win my next major, and he, he kind of the language that he used was when I use my or when I uh, when my, when my next major might be. And uh, he was in pretty good spirits, I thought, for for having come up uh, one stroke short. So, probably going to win Hoylake. Ricky Rory at Hoylake again. How about that? I, got
0: I need at least like 12 hours of like recovery before I get on uh, Hoylake. On to Hoylake, baby. Uh, on to
3: Hoylake.
0: All right, KP, appreciate your brother. We will uh, look forward to what you got on cbsports.com. You can follow Kyle on Twitter at, C- at, at Kyle Porter uh, CBS. And And we're back. Uh, Patrick, this quickly turns into a two-horse race out there between Wyndham Clark and Rory McIlroy because Ricky Fowler, who was in that final group with Wyndham Clark, kind of removed himself from contention pretty early on Sunday. He uh, plays his first seven holes at three over par, and that was right around the same time that Wyndham Clark was going in the opposite direction. So even as um, you know Ricky's bad day continued on the back, it just it just never felt like he was ever in this championship.
4: Yeah, as as hard as or uh, as easy as the first two days were, um, the finish to Saturday and the lead-in into today were equally as difficult. Um, You kind of saw it with the the first drive. He kind of got lucky that his second even ended up in the fairway. And then the speed control on the greens, it was pretty tentative early, I would say. His par put on number two like didn't really reach the hole. He made a great par on four from the Barranca, uh, the old up and down for the Barranca. I believe that's a, a dot or a skin or something uh, out yep. there at LACC.
0: Yeah, in, the, in the cash game, yeah, that that that's a big one.
4: Yeah, but you, you saw it kind of yesterday. His lag putting was not good Saturday. Yes, he made a, a couple long ones on seven and 13, but he had three three putts as well yesterday, and it kind of continued. It continued there on five. Uh, seven was just a really bad iron shot. Uh, you cannot miss right to that pin. And then from there, he just put himself behind the eight ball. Another short miss on on 11, uh, missed the fairway on 12. And it was just erratic. But it still kind of, you know, you kind of felt, okay, he's there on the 15th green. He has 25 feet for birdie. If he knocks us in, Clark makes a bogey. He's what, three back? with three to play, there's a chance there you can convince yourself you're still in it, especially with how difficult that stretch is. Um, But ultimately he he just, he just didn't have it today. And that happens a lot. It it stinks because Ricky Fowler has been so good this year and the resurgence you would think okay, it's going to continue, continue, and continue. But I don't really see this as a setback. I think it's just another step in the right direction. He gets more experience under his belt, which you might think is kind of crazy to say for someone who's 34. But uh, it, it should serve him well. And hopefully more and more contention runs will uh, help him out when he's in this situation again.
0: Yeah, I think we put too much emphasis on the order of which holes and rounds were played. Um, if you told Ricky Wednesday, you're getting a T5 this week, he would have been thrilled with the outcome. Um, you know, if he goes out and shoots a 75 on Thursday and then plays well over the final three days and finishes T5, feels like a completely different story, same result. Uh, I will say this, Greg. Uh, obviously, it, it, it kind of quickly, after six or seven holes, turned into a Rory love fest here at LACC, but this was a significantly pro-Ricky crowd before Sunday's final round and over those first couple of holes, they kind of then transferred their energy to Rory, but the faithful was out for Ricky.
1: Yeah.
2: It's like, well, we can't have Ricky. So we'll take Rory, you know, it's it's like the next best thing. Um, But I think it's just pretty clear that Ricky wasn't quite ready for this at this stage in the comeback, which is okay. And, and uh, quite frankly, I would have been very surprised if, Ricky's comeback victory was a U.S. Open after chasing a major championship for his entire career and being ready for it, right? I mean, he spent years ready and unable to do it. This is a very different situation. He said to completely rebuild himself. And, you know, Kyle has said this week, it feels like Rory's looking for his first major. Uh, well, Ricky actually is, but <laughs> it, it, even if he had. You know, three majors in his younger career, it would feel like he's looking for his first again because there's been such a long time of uh, poor performance. So this is to to be able to step up, put yourself in contention, play under the heat, play in the final group, uh, perform the way he did yesterday uh, to get into the final group. I I think there's a there's a lot of positives for Ricky to take away from this. Um, And today was just today was sloppy, and he didn't have the birdies to answer the call. I mean, you know, it, he made a lot of bogeys this week. Even, I mean, Dan Hicks said at the beginning of the broadcast, first in birdie average entering the day, last in bogey average entering the day. It's a big discrepancy. And today the golf course is a little tricky. Pins are a little tricky positions. And you're dealing with Sunday. And it's harder to... It's hard to make a lot of birdies to uh, to cancel out some of those mistakes. So understandable, but disappointing.
0: Uh, Scotty Scheffler fired an even par round of seventy. Did not have a lot of juice out there. Uh, his first non-par came on seven, which was a bogey, in which he took uh, relief of from something. I don't know something over there in that tree. It was a, a shot kind of...
2: leg tower. So,
0: yeah, it sure, was. Sure. It
2: yeah, <laughs> that no is tec- that's technically what it was.
0: From. Technically, that is what he received relief from. Indeed, um, Patrick, I'll throw this one one over to you here. You know, uh, we were walking up the bridge, it's a bridge from uh, seventeen to eighteen. We were walking up uh, that bridge, and another member in the media said, "Scotty looks sad," and I was like, "Yeah, like wouldn't like wouldn't you be where every single day of your life you're a striper?" You can't make five footers, you finish third constantly, and everyone's chanting someone else's name and you know you're like the best ball striker in the world. Like I'd be sad too. I
4: I find Scotty's performance and it's kind of just this whole season to be extremely interesting because when you think about really the all-time greats, and I know Scotty's what, 25, 26 at this point of his career, it's probably Too early to make the call if he's going to go on and win six, seven majors. But in order to do so, it feels like you kind of need to steal a couple tournaments without your A-game. And we just have not seen that from Scotty Scheffler. And, you know, we've seen it with Tiger. You know, he'd win tournaments, hitting it all over the map. So would Phil Mickelson. And with Scotty, it just feels like the pressure on his tee to green game is so stressful. It's just unbelievably stressful and it's it's led to I felt like his weekend was very stop and go. And, and I think the scorecard would kind of back that up where a bogey would be followed with a birdie or like vice versa looking back to yesterday as well. Yeah. And and to me it's just the constant pressure of his of his putting getting to him. And he, he did putt well. He he put a new putter in the bag uh this week. He looked a lot better, but he missed a lot of chances this week as well. Uh, 14, he had, he had an opportunity for a birdie. But for me, if you want to get to like seven is a ridiculous amount of majors. Let's say five. He's only on one. Let's say five. You got to – you have to like almost steal a couple it feels like. It, it really – because they're so hard to win. And it felt like this week yes. you had – You had a Ricky Fowler. You had a Wyndham Clark who went out and won the damn thing. Absolutely. But it felt like a great opportunity for Scotty to kind of swoop in there and like somehow steal this tournament. And it just never came to fruition, which uh, I don't know.
0: The, 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 The way we laid it out, I think last night was, okay, Ricky could eject from this thing. If Wyndham Clark and Rory McIlroy shoot even par, Greg, Scotty goes out. I mean, there's like a 67 out there for Scotty with the way he plays. He could get this thing into a play. Bl- and that everything else kind of happens. And you know, the window, the window closes like really quickly, and you don't always see it coming. Um, to kind of back up what Patrick was saying is like you're not guaranteed more opportunities for. Uh, And he's had so many that are great money makers are going to look good on the wiki page, all that fun stuff. But man, he, I, I do wonder how much of him is like, I could have two, three, four, if I just get like a little, like a little bit of luck.
2: It's um, it, it, he's perplexing because in a way, like I understand what Patrick's saying, um, but I don't feel like his tee to green game is under pressure. I, when I watch him, I feel like his tee to green game is just easy. And what I'm amazed with is his ability to separate. Now, part of that too is tee to green is a, you know, it's three quarters of the game, right? It, so short games included in that. And if he gets a little loose, he has a unbelievable ability to get up and down. Uh, so I am perplexed because you see it add pressure to the TD green game in most players, but usually it happens after a, like a couple of weeks. Like, like it happens pretty quickly. It happened to Rom last year early on. Uh, it's happened to Rory many times throughout his career. And, and the pressure really does add up and you start feeling like you got to hold it. But I watched Scotty Scheffler hit it to 15, 18 feet all day. He does it all day. Every, every tournament. It doesn't matter if it's a birdie fest or, uh, or a major he's shooting 67. It seems like every time he tees it up, he shot 70 today. I mean, you go through his round. I don't know how it felt for you, Rick, but he 64 was out there for him. There Mm -hmm. were a couple of long putts that very nearly went in. Um, he missed a number of short ones. He, he, he gave away a lot of shots, but I I still have not seen it change his strategy, which that's where I think the pressure would really be highlighted where, okay, he's feeling anxious. He's changing his game plan because he can't make putts. I haven't seen any evidence of that. He just keeps doing this. and keeps finishing at third. It's kind of like Rory. He's just a couple, you know, a couple 15 footers. In his case, you could say it's six footers. He's a couple six footers away from, Absolutely dominating the PGA Tour and and holding the trophy at the end of every week.
0: Yeah, and he and he doesn't seem to let it um change his demeanor either. He's usually in pretty good spirits out there with uh with Ted Scott. So things things still very good for Scotty even without uh the victory. Gents, we're gonna do our one and done recap. We're gonna do our best bets, which were actually pretty darn good this week. But um, a week full of 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 U.S. Open. Memories. I don't think there was like a viral thing that happened or anything crazy, but do we want to put any kind of parting shots on the week that was LACC?
4: I mean, it's just another example of why all U.S. Opens need to be held on the East Coast. Number one. I was up to like two a.m. last night. <laughs> do you like? Do you see these bags? I'm checking these on my flight to you, Montana. You
0: look, next you, look, you look great. You look you so, look great.
4: So, in solidarity with my one and uh, one and done pick, I wore kind of a, a light red and an Oakmont logo, a real golf course, um, just because East Coast, Beast Coast. Um, but no, it was actually a great course. But I think it was just another reminder that. These championships are never going to be defined about the courses they are played on. It's always about who plays well, which characters you have in the mix. And we had a great cast this week with Fowler, Rory, Scotty, and the champion, Wyndham Clark. I definitely
2: agree on the the cast of characters was phenomenal. Uh, It ended up being a great leaderboard. There was a lot of complaining surrounding this event, which hasn't happened in a while for a USGA. This time it was because it was too easy for the most part. But then there were some other things that definitely crept in there. Um, and especially the energy. The energy felt very low. And I wonder what kind of effect that had on the competition. We'll never know. But is that a good thing for Wyndham Clark? Was that a good thing for Rory? Would it have benefited? Would Rory have been spurred on with a little more energy by the crowd? We'll never know. But um, But hopefully we get a little better more because it was such an enthusiastic tournament and the play was electric and it would have been cool if throughout the week we had we felt a little more of that electricity on the grounds Uh, but that being said it it did turn out to be a captivating tournament and it's worth staying up past my bedtime even by a couple of hours uh the last couple nights
0: Yeah, stay up past your bedtime a little bit um i have i just got emailed um a list. So Elias Sports Bureaus, they're on site this week. So they sent out a couple of final round notes. I'm just going to pick a couple of interesting ones here. Um, stand by. I have it right here. Okay. Scoring average this week 71.76, the lowest in US Open history. I think we kind of knew that one. This is the third consecutive year that a US Open champion was a first time major winner.
4: Oh. Yeah, that, that goes nine out of the last 12, I believe, for the U.S. Open.
0: On the way to victory, Wyndham Clark became the first U.S. Open champion to shoot over par on the back nine on Sunday since yeah. Justin Rose at Marion in
4: 2013.
3: That's a great stat. Wow. That's a good
0: stat. Um, I'm just looking through the other ones to see if they are. Wyndham Clark is the fifth player over the last 50 years to win a PGA Tour event and then win the U.S. Open within the next 60 days. That's not that great. Um, Winsome Clark is the lowest-ranked U.S. Open winner since Graham McDowell, number 37th in the world, who won at Pebble Beach in 2010. And I should have stopped at the first three. The first three were the best ones.
4: Those damn West coasters, you know? McDowell, Woodland, this one i guess rom was pretty good um but how about our boy tommy fleetwood
0: oh tommy lad he fires a 63 on sunday stop me if you've heard that before patrick
4: god just brutal imagine having two out of the three sunday 63s in u.s open history
3: and zero zero Uh,
4: gosh just so uh but yeah great great stuff from him today
0: Let's go over our best bets. We can talk about more guys that way. We'll do best bets. We'll get uh, one and done out of here, and uh, we'll
1: put a bow on the U.S. Open. We are going to take a quick break, though. See you on the other side. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this, too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.
6: Hey, everyone. This is Jimmy Conrad, your favorite former U.S. Men's National Team player and the host of the Call It What You Want podcast. And I'm here to tell you that Viore is a versatile clothing brand that speaks my language. It's inspired from the coastal California lifestyle, just like me. Its products stand the test of time, just like me. And also just like me, it endeavors to inspire others to live vibrant, healthy lives. Fiori gear is designed to look great in everyday life while also being perfect for any workout activity. I'm currently rocking the men's Sunday performance jogger but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Again, go to vioricom sports and discover the versatility of Viore clothing.
0: And we're back. Let's show the board where we smashed our bets for this week. Four out of four in the matchup column. That is Henley over Sahith. It is Cam Smith over Max Homa. It's Tommy Ladd over Tony Finau. And Cam Smith over Max Homa. Greg, a clean sweep.
2: Yeah, pretty good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, Love the Cam Smith play by Patrick and I. That felt kind of like a layup. Uh, Fleetwood over now for Mark. Risky. Definitely played out. Uh, And Rick, I loved Russell Henley this week. Yeah. Tell you what, Russell
0: Henley Henley might win next week.
2: He's looking real good. Um, Real impressive. So love that performance. And I love that play. So good on everybody.
0: Three out of four on the finishing position. Shawfully top ten. That was plus one sixty-five. Harris English top forty at plus one forty, and Ricky Fowler top twenty plus one ninety. So we're rocking and rolling there, Patrick. It's it seems once every few months we figure this stuff out.
4: That's the name of the game with betting. You know, You, you get some plus money wagers. You win every now and again, and you'll eventually be in the black if you give us enough time. But Look, I I ride and die with my boy, Ricky. I would have been in bright orange if he won uh, this tournament. But top 20. The resurgence continues. The win is coming soon. We love you, Ricky Fowler.
0: Uh, There was a lot of bright orange out there today. Uh, No outright winners. But don't worry. Don't fret. Because we also had a clean sweep of the best bets. I had Denny top 30. uh, Greg. Double down, I believe, with Harris English. Uh, no, so that no, Mark. Mark had, had that.
2: I should have doubled yeah. down. Then we would have gone eight for eight. Uh, that's okay. We went. Sorry, boys.
0: That's okay. That's okay. We we went seven for eight, and then another four for four. So that's eleven for twelve. Mark went. Patty Harrington, top senior, and then Patrick. You dog. You dog. You said. I don't care about you, California boy. I don't care about you, course record boy. I don't care about you, Mr. Homa. I'm going to put my big bucks on you to miss the cut at plus 225. And you know what he did? He missed the cut.
4: Yeah, it was a slow and painful miscut there when he was on the front nine late on Friday. (laughs) He he got the worst of the conditions. I think that that was definitely the worst wave between the two. Uh, and I think it ended up playing two shots more difficult on Friday alone. So tough for Homa. Do we want to have a conversation about him in major championships? I know this has been a long thing, but I think it's eight missed cuts now in 15 major, zero top tens. He has that T13 last year at the PGA Championship. But for a player of his caliber, ball striking wise, it seems like he's figured out the short game. When he's on, yeah. he really doesn't have a flaw in his game, but it's, it's just really bad at this point
0: yeah it's a problem we uh, i'm sure we'll get to it again before hoy lake but and especially the weirdest part about it greg is that his wins are at like the big boy spots right Right. like you're telling me this dude like i i actually think um and this is not a knock but i do think it can become a negative at times i think he's too much of a fan I think he loves golf too much and he understands like the importance of major championships. And I think when he got paired, did he get paired with tiger at the open? It was yes. him for Patrick and tiger, right? Yeah. And did he also miss the cut there? I believe. Oh, and so. I was, as yeah, soon as I saw yeah. pairing, I'm like, I'm like, this dude's toast. Cause he was so excited to play with tiger in the 150th open. He was almost like a spectator of that tournament. Right. Um, and I love that, and, I, and that makes me love him, right? I love that about him, but I honestly think he is, like, too much of a fan.
2: Yeah, he's got to convince himself, like Wyndham Clark did, that he's, you know, as good as these guys. Like, he belongs on this stage. Yeah. Uh, Wyndham right. Clark convinced himself of that. He, he looked at Wells Fargo like a major championship. I don't think Max Homa looks at his win at the Genesis or the Farmers like a, like a major championship. And he needs to. And Wells, I'd include that too, although it was a long time ago. So he's got to change his perspective because the game is absolutely good enough. And, you know, there are certain guys when you see a golf course with a difficult setup coming down the stretch that, you know, heading into the weekend, Rick, we do a Friday night recap and you see Max Homa leading the field at T to green. And you're like, this he's going to be there this weekend as this gets tougher and he he does very often but in majors it goes the other way and it, it's a hard one to figure out but i this is, like Patrick said this is a, this is the middle. no question
4: yeah because i mean the only explanation is the setting because in those tournaments that he's won quill hollow uh rory was on his tail at uh, TPC Potomac, that leaderboard featured Young, Fitzpatrick, McIlroy. Uh, he went you know, toe-to-toe with Keegan Bradley there as well down the stretch. And then the Genesis this year, he, I mean, he was great against John Rahm until Rahm hit that uh, tee shot into the par three late and kind of iced it. But it, it really can only be the setting at this point.
0: And he's there down Danny Willard at the Fortinet, which is no small feat either. Gentlemen. Of course. Remember that.
4: Tony Finau in a playoff too.
0: That's right. Um, One and done. We all did fine. A couple hundred thousand basically for everybody, except one of us did get close to a million. Patrick, you and I went with John Rahm, 435,000. It sounds like a lot, but in a elevated event, $20 million purse. um, It's like not, it's like, it's fine. It's fine.
4: Yeah. I blame Tommy Fleetwood's uh, inability to close out the Canadian open for this one. He just set off a chain events, so you know, that domino meme where you see the small one and the big one. And like I said, I was going to pick off these national opens, but when Fleetwood did it, everything else was thrown out the window and this is just a result of that.
0: Um, Kyle had Brooks, 000, uh, three of you, Greg, Sia and the fans, were the big winners, uh, Greg? You got nine ninety from Cam Smith, who admittedly, I'll admit, <clears throat> I don't think I saw a shoddy hit this week. I don't know how much he was on the coverage. He was just kind of like lurking. We got to twelve green. I looked up at the leaderboard and he was in like fourth. And I'm like, where, yeah. where, where did this guy come from?
2: <laughs> yeah, he just hung around. Like it was, he shot sixty nine on Thursday which is the killer, then 67-71-67 uh, for the last three rounds. But today, I mean, he, he was on the coverage for his back nine. He was really the only guy making putts. Um, no, nobody was making a thing for Birdie, and Cam Smith was making everything. So he he looked really good uh, on the back nine, gave away some on the front, but never really close enough to where you know he should have been really contending but it was nice to sneak a fourth out of him
4: yeah and i mean speaking of us opens next year at pinehurst number two i feel like that could be a cam smith track oh yeah
0: that would be cool yeah certainly uh kyle m used colin more cow that got him $332,000 and mark our leader used xander and texted me when Z- uh, texted me uh, xander was like four under through six and mark sent me a text how's my one and done doing and i'm like uh, there's only 66 Well, he hasn't learned from his Justin Suh situation from a couple of weeks ago. And Xander fades over the course of the weekend 435,000. We should have probably, we should, we need to have a talk about a couple of guys' major championships. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Greg. Xander, Xander's a tough
2: case because he, well, Yesterday, flat out lost his golf swing. I mean, I don't know what he started hitting snap hooks like uh, with every tee shot he hit. So he's got to work that out. Um, but Xander can at least put himself in position. You know, he can, he uh, has accumulated a great looking Wikipedia page, just missing <laughs> which, a green box, which
0: is, really, which is really what matters.
2: Right. I mean, it's, it, it's impressive to some degree. So I think he's a lot closer than his buddy Patrick Cantlay, who played really nice over the weekend as well, but just cannot start. You know, he's three over every time. The first time you see Patrick Cantlay in a major, he's going to be three over, and it, it's just like Max Homa. It's the setting. Xander, the setting gets him a little later, and that is in a in a strange way. Well, I I don't know. Maybe I was gonna say that's an easier one to overcome. Like it's you, it's like the last hurdle. You know, it's the last hurdle. When when the hurdle is really early, you got to get over that. You got to get yourself in contention heading into the weekend, and then you got to see if you have a problem late Sunday. It's like you you know, Caitlin doesn't know how he's gonna handle Sunday afternoon. Uh, pressure moments, Saturday afternoon moments where you're really in contention. Xander does. And so he can, when, when he fixes that, it will lead to a win right away. I'm not sure that's the case for a Homa and a, and a uh, Cantley.
4: Freaking Wik- WikiLeak, boys. I mean, you get, Cantley will be, what is this, like five straight top 15 finishes and majors or something now. And then Xander has seven straight top 15s in the U S open his entire career, six straight top twenties in major championships. I mean, we're going to be citing these facts at the open championship when one of us inevitably picks one of them. Sandra Shoffley, six straight top twenties and majors. He's playing <laughs> great. He was in contention there on the weekend before uh, uh, he left two in the bunker on the 37th hole of the tournament. Um, but that Greg, that, 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 I think that's a it's it's a very interesting conversation point you brought up, and I don't know the answer either. Which one is easier to overcome? Getting in the position in the first place, like Cantley, or like Xander. I mean, credit to him. Unlike his buddy, he gets himself in the mix. He's he's out there in the dating pool. He's okay getting her. <laughs> he's okay getting stood up on a first date. He's out there. He's looking for love. Cantley, meanwhile, is at home in his basement, eating popcorn, eating Cheetos every Friday and Saturday night, playing video games. He doesn't want to go out. So I don't know. I don't know which (laughs) I I don't know which one's tougher. I think I think it might be Xander's. Honestly. I think if you just throw Cantley out there, you invite him to a party, he might be the star of the show for all we know. Meanwhile, Xander, we we know what Maybe it happens at the grocery
0: store. Who knows?
4: Right? Exactly. Exactly.
0: Get them in a Trader Joe's, you never know what's going to happen. Right. Uh, that'll do it. A week-long coverage from Los Angeles and beyond. A couple of uh, first cuts after dark. Thank you, gentlemen, for sticking with us all week and being very flexible on scheduling. And thank you to all the fans who uh, followed along all week. We will be back at it again Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, because there is an elevated event in Cromwell, Connecticut. Uh, that's near Greg. That's Greg. You're of the woods, Greg.
2: I'm uh, I'm heading up there. Woo! T- uh, Tuesday and just Tuesday and Wednesday, I'll be up there.
0: If you see Greg, tell him freaking first cut. Golly, oh, we had somebody. So we had yeah, somebody. That's time. Yeah, we, we actually. I'll tell you what the sign is. We had somebody. We were on 15 T box, and a guy was going like this, and looking me dead in the eyes and i'm like what? you're, you're, you're sniffing <laughs> something you're i don't know what you're doing and then he finally goes i want to tell you i listen to the first cut and i was like oh first cut first got cut it. Yeah. So this that's is, pretty good this is, our, this is our new our new symbol for now so if you see greg give him give him sign. yeah
2: i'll look for it
0: yeah it'll be out there um all right gents Always appreciate it. Producer Josh does all the hard work behind the scenes. Patrick McDonald available on Twitter at amateur status. Greg Ducharme, the real GFD. You can find me at Rick run. Good. This has been the first cut. Catch you next time.
5: Okay. Picture this.